0: Welcome to the Faith Community Church Podcast, a ministry of Faith Community Church in South Boston, Virginia. This week, we have a special guest with us to encourage you to deepen your faith in Jesus Christ. Well, it's been a long time since I've been up on this stage. Um... I think we just play music, and it would just keep going. I mean, I'm so wired up now listening to this great group up here playing this music. You know, I, I think uh, Mark said something that uh, really is what it's all about. Because we're here for one reason today, one reason only, and and that's to glorify God. It's not about us at all. And. Look, you guys are the actors. Do you know that? You're not the audience here. You're the actors. God is the audience. He's listening to what you just did, praising Him. He's listening to our prayers. He's listening to this message which He put together. And so it's all about Him, not about us. Now, there's always a certain question that seems to continue to come up in the Christian community. It's, it's everywhere. And I know that uh, whether it's FCC or whether it's Boynton United Methodist Church or Rehoboth United Methodist Church or Church of God or whoever it may be, the question is, how do we build the church? And I hopefully am gonna be able to answer that for you here today, so. You can sit back and relax, and we'll see what we can do. Um, But it seems like uh, since we started here at Faith Community Church, that over the years, in particular with mainline churches, we've been losing attendance. Attendance is dropping everywhere in the mainline churches, and they're trying to figure out ways to get their congregations built back up with numbers. And then add insult to injury, COVID comes along. And I know y'all are just like I am with my two churches. Uh, We have not gotten back to the numbers that we had pre COVID. They're beginning to trickle back in a little bit. So I admire all you guys that are showing up because what is important to you is to come and worship your Lord. And that's an awesome thing. So, and now we've got the Delta variant, you know, just when we thought we were out of the woods, here comes Delta along with it. So there's one question that we all want an answer to. And that is, where do we go? Where do we turn to go build the church? Now there are plenty of places to get help. There is all kinds of church planning that is going on. There are workshops, there are seminars, there are Zoom meetings, there are websites, and church planners, they'll come in here and tell you exactly what you need to do to build your church up. There are companies that do demographic studies, and they will tell you who is all out there and what you need to do to get them. They will even tell you what the unchurched would like in a church. They go out and they ask the questions and what is it that you would like to see in a church if you were to go? So many churches have used these services over the years and these churches, some of them have grown into becoming mega churches with a lot of people. So it's working what these guys are doing. And these churches are called seeker-sensitive and emerging churches. And the purpose of the surveys is strictly to see what unbelievers would desire in a church if they were to attend church. And I think I can save you guys some money. No need you guys going out and doing that. I, I I got insight into what the results are and what the unchurched would like to have. And so you might want to take some notes here on this so that you'll have all this. Jamie, you don't need, won't need to go after I leave here and get a consultant or anything. And, you know, just write me a check and, you know, for what I'm doing here and you, you've got it. But here are the results of what unchurched people would like to have and desire to have in a church. Theatrics. They want theatrics. They definitely want musical entertainment. They want state-of-the-art technology with lighting and with sound. They want professionally run nurseries. They want daycare. They want adult daycare. They want community programs. And this is one I really hate. Uh, They want short sermons or no sermons. Did y'all know that it's a real big movement in in the Christian community now for worship to eliminate the sermons completely? Just uh, hard to believe. But the sermons should be focused on self-improvement, not all this other stuff. Uh, Very little should be said about sin or repentance or hell. got to leave those out because that's offensive stuff and unchurched people really don't want to hear all that kind of stuff. Nothing should be said about Jesus being the exclusive way to heaven. Got to be more than one way to get to heaven. Jesus cannot be the only way. So you cannot be saying that. The idea is kind of a field of dreams. Y'all remember that movie? If you build it, they will come. So you've got to have really good stuff here. The programs are designed to accommodate those who would like for the worship service to be like the rest of the world. Lots of loud music, philosophical sermons that are geared to having your best life now. No commitment. You know, don't ask anybody for commitment uh, by those who are attending. And the main thing here is the idea is you come. You don't have to commit yourself to show up every Sunday. Uh, Leave your money, and then we'll see you next Sunday back again. No commitment during the week. Just come on Sunday, leave your money. And the service is really all about you. Uh, You know, making a better you. And so the idea here is to give unbelievers what they want and do it better than anyone else in town. Now, Jamie, that's how y'all can build Faith Community Church up with a lot of numbers. The focus is man-centered and it's not Christ-centered. So the church becomes very much like the rest of the world. Now, right now, y'all are thinking, okay, what's this guy talking about here? What's going on? Wow, some of you probably say, wow, those are some pretty great ideas in there. They, they They should work pretty good. And, Lee, you're not sounding like you're too excited about these ideas that these professionals are coming up with. Well, if we don't use these ideas, then how are we possibly going to build the church? Because these are the guys that are in the know. And I'm going to answer this for you. So just hang with me, stay with me just a little while. First, I'm going to tell you a story. Now, I'll be honest with you. I do not like to get up here and talk about me because from the pulpit, everything is about Jesus. And I don't particularly like to talk, tell stories. Uh, that's just... Not me, when I preach, I like to preach strictly on the Bible. But this morning, I'm going to talk about me, and I'm going to talk about some stories. A story. Very unusual, so y'all are getting something my churches don't normally get. Some 30 years ago, I was involved with several other people, wonderful Christians, in planting this church. Uh, I certainly wasn't a mature Christian. Uh, I'd been a Christian just a few years. Uh, but I was really excited about Christ. I was excited about reading the Bible. And I was growing very slowly, but I was growing spiritually. And I, I, I loved the Lord. I was sharing Him. I loved to share the gospel. And uh, so things were going pretty good for me. And I, But I kept getting this feeling, uh, you know, God... Is wanting me to start a church. And I didn't hear any voice. I don't hear God speaking to me literally. I'd never heard him speak to me. But I just had these feelings that God wanted me to be involved in starting a church. And uh, he just kept nudging me. And, it, you know, it was like it was planting a seed in my, in my brain about it. And I kept suppressing the thought. because it was not something I wanted to do, to be honest with you. Uh, In addition to that, there was a couple problems here. Number one, first problem, I had no idea how to start a church. And the second problem, I had zero seminary training, and I had no experience in church planting, none whatsoever. And and little but did I know, though, that God was also planting some seeds in somebody else's mind, several people. And um, somehow or another, we all ended up in the same church, and we became very close Christian friends. We all left the church that we loved and started making plans to start a new church here in Halifax County. Uh, One minor plan, Uh, I mean one minor problem. After several months, we still hadn't started. We still didn't have a plan. We were going to another church. We, We walked out of one church and went to another one just for a short period of time, we said, a few weeks. Now months were going by. Fortunately, there was one person in this group, a lady by the name of Norma Chaney, and we kind of, we would get together about once a month and talk about things, and we'd walk out and nothing was decided. And Norman just came in one time, and she says, it's time to get off the pot and let's do something. The time has come. All right, so now we've got to get a plan. So here's our, here's our great plan that we came up with. Okay, on Sunday morning, we will meet at my house in the basement, just the seven of us, and we'll see what happens. That was our total plan. Well, Sunday morning came, and somehow another word got out, and all of a sudden, all these people showed up. I don't know where to get. Jamie, did y'all come that first Sunday at my house? We, we started on Sunday nights in your basement. Somehow we ended up. Okay, 'cause we were doing Sunday mornings. I see you probably remember more than I do, it. but. but Okay, well that's not going to work. You know we got all these cars lined up on my street. The neighbors are talking. So all right, now we got to come up with another plan. So we go up to what is now uh, Halifax Christian School. It was Green Acres Daycare Center at the time. So you know we we, y'all could be named Green Acres Community Church. Aren't you fortunate we ended up with a better name? But that was that was where where we went, and we got a little room there. It was not in greatest shape. And people kept showing up. There was um, one little problem here. We didn't know what we were doing. I mean, we really seriously had no idea what we were doing. We got in there, and all of a sudden we realized, well, we don't have a pastor. Well, who's going to preach? And everybody was looking at everybody else. So we came up with this brilliant idea that we would get some VHSs and get a VCR of... Different preachers around the country that were popular, and so our our preaching was on video. Now, that, that's not the way to build a church, I don't think. But people kept coming, and, and it was unbelievable. Uh, we didn't have anything really to offer, and before we knew it, we had to we had to talk her into uh, renting us another room. So we got a room twice as big and we were starting to fill that up we still didn't have a pastor all right now we got very little money really and no pastor and we started trying to find a pastor well the possibility of getting somebody really really you know a really great pastor just seemed almost impossible and we did a lot of praying we kept praying We found this guy, Jim Cofield, down at Dallas Theological Seminary teaching Greek, working on his doctrine. Now, that seemed impossible, didn't it, Jamie? I mean, it seemed impossible. But we got another little plan together. We waited until the azaleas were blooming up here. And we flew him up here. And long story short, he 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 became our pastor. And people just kept attending and we kept growing and it it was it was a strange thing i mean people who weren't going to church felt comfortable with faith community church in this over in this little daycare center and and it was it was just a really strange thing we didn't have any marketing plan we weren't advertising anything we, I mean, seriously, we did not know what we were doing. I mean, one of the things we used to say was, we don't know what we're doing, but we're doing a whole lot of it. And that's just what kind of way it was. And, uh, you know, this, we finally gave it the name um, Faith Community Church. Now, I, I know, probably most of you know how this came about here. This, this property here was going to be a Lutheran church and they never built, and we got in touch with them, and we got this property here for pennies on the dollar. Do you all know, does anybody know how much we paid for the building? 0.0. We didn't pay anything for this building, but we, we spent a lot of money remodeling. Jamie. I know Jamie was very much involved in on it. And so that's, that's how it all started from my perspective. I probably got some of this wrong, and Jamie will, will correct me on that. Now I want you to turn in your Bibles over to Matthew 16, and I'm going to read starting with 13, but the focus is going to be on um, uh, verse 18. I'm going to start with 13, Matthew 16, verse 13, and I want you to see something here because we've been the songs that we've been singing and some of the things that Mark said and some of the things that Jamie said today. You know, we look at the sovereignty of God and how he works in our lives and, you know, um, how things happen. Look at this. Jesus came into a region of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And so they said, some of say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, are one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and says, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was the Christ. The word of God for the people of God. Now look, first time I heard a sermon preached on this, we had just started it was October the 4th, 1987. Jim's Cofield's dad, Garland Cofield, came and preached on one verse, verse 18. And I say to you, and I also say to you, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Two months later, Jim preached from that same verse, Christ saying, I will build my church. Now, I I don't remember the sermon. Have you still got that sermon? Probably not. I'd love to hear it again. I don't know what I don't remember what they say, but I do remember thinking this just based on where we were, because we 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 got you know a little bit down the road with this church, and and the one thing that um, I began to understand was that we were not the ones building the church that we had really nothing that we could brag about that, that we had done and uh, all of a sudden the church was growing and those two sermons I remember thinking "Well, we're not building a church, Christ is building his church I was in my 30s, black hair back in those days when I heard those two messages I wish I had the manuscripts to them at least but I don't and so it wasn't the seven of us, it wasn't magic or anything. It was nothing we were doing. It was Christ and him alone who was building it. And this church never was Lee Felton's church. It never was Jim Cofield's church. It never was Dane Skelton's church. This church has always been Jesus Christ's church. He said there right in verse 17, all right, verse 18, I will build my church. Now, I've really never been interested in building a church. I have no interest in building a church right now. I have no desire at all whatsoever. If you ask me, Lee, do you have a desire to build a church? My answer would be absolutely no. Now, I would recommend to the pastor search committee or team that should be the first question you ask your candidates. Do you want to do you have a desire to build the church? And just see what they say. It'll give you a lot of insight into where they are coming from. And you ask me, okay, Lee, why do you not want to build the church? Because Christ said that He would build the church, and I do not want to compete with Christ. Not at all. I have no interest in the workshops, the seminars, the techniques on how to build the church. I have no interest in programs, chemics, methods, reading books on how to build the church, watching videos, Zoom meetings, listening to experts, bringing in the consultants. I hope I've made my point. (laughs) That's just not what I desire to do. And I'm not sure that would be a good thing for your pastor in the future. But you know what? Here's what I want. I want to be a part of a church that Christ is building. That's where I want to be. Whether it's here, Boynton United Methodist Church, wherever it is, I want to be where Christ is building his church. That's what I'm interested in. You know, I miss this church a lot. I took it for granted, I think, a whole lot. But I think about you guys all the time. I pray about it for you guys all the time. Because there's something very, very special here. And I can tell you this church started because Christ found a place that he could build the church. He found people that wanted to build, they wanted the church build. And it didn't get in the way of Christ building that church. I I want that again. I, I want to be somewhere where Christ is building it. Now, there are churches all around. Anybody know how many churches are in Halifax County? I looked it up. 122 churches, and I think it missed a bunch of them. Listen to this. Aaron's Creek to Zion Hill, that's A to Z, their churches. Berry Hill Church, Cherry Hill Church, Crystal Hill Church, County Line Church in Vernon Hill, County Line Church in Java, Dan River Bethel Church, Dan River Baptist Church, Dan River View Church, Faith Community Church, and Faith Church. I don't even know where that is, but it was on the internet. First Baptist Church, First Baptist of Millstone, First Baptist of Virginia, First Presbyterian Church, First Buffalo Church. First Buffalo, that's, that's odd. I, and you know what? They had a second Buffalo too. Mount Canaan Church, Mount Karma Church, Mount Laurel Church, Mount Olive Church, South Boston, Mount Olive Church, Halifax, Mount Pishaw Church, Mount Pleasant Church, Oak Level, Mount Pleasant Church, Connor Lake, Mount Zion Mount Zion Church, New Arbor, New Bethel uh, in Alton, New Bethel in Vernon Hill, New Shiloh, New... Uh, New, New Zion, if you go down to South Boston and you stand in front of Main Street, United Methodist Church, you could throw a rock over and hit First Press and you can hit Trinity Episcopal also. You, can, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a church in Halifax County. There's churches all over the place. you could find a church where you can go where you can dress like you want, you know. You come here, you kind of dress informal, right? I'm, I'm, I'm overdressed, right? You can find a church where you can go when you want to go, and you can stay as long as you want to stay. You can find a church where you can pick the kind of talk you want to hear. It's great having all this variety. But not everything that calls itself a church is a church. There are a lot of buildings out there that have a sign in the front claiming to be a church. But it's only a name. The name doesn't meet the true criteria of being a real, genuine, biblical church. So what is a real, genuine, biblical church? First, we've got to define what church is, right? The Greek word is, is Ecclesiastes. And so uh, it means, that word means an assembly or gathering of people called out ones. Now, that means the church is not only people who know who Christ is, but they know him as their Lord and Savior. Turn to verse 13 here in Matthew 16. Jesus asked two questions here. The first one he asked to his disciples, who do people say that I, the Son of Man, am? And the second question he directs at the disciples. But who do you say that I am? Now, the first question, these these are important questions. But the first question, the people got it wrong. They said, well, he's Elijah or he's John the Baptist, or he's Jeremiah, or he's some other prophet. They knew he had something to do with God, but they could not call him God. The best they could do was come up with a bunch of prophets. They couldn't figure it out. So Jesus asked the most important question that ever is asked, and it's a question that each one of us has to answer at some point in our life. Who do you say Jesus Christ is? Who do you say He is? And that question has eternal consequences. Peter gave the right answer. He says, you are the Christ. In other words, you are the Messiah. You are the Son of the living God. What Peter was saying is that you are God. The big battle in the church today is the Trinity And the deity of Christ. Because there's all kinds of Jesus out there. All kinds. Mormons, they say Jesus is is, uh, the brother of Lucifer. He was a created being. Jehovah's Witness will tell you he's, uh, that he's a, no, I think the Jehovah's Witness say brother of Lucifer. And and, uh, the Mormons say he's a created uh, being. Uh, matter of fact, they say that God was not even God at one time. He became God. And that if you keep working, you can be God one day. So there's all kinds of Christs that are, that are out there, and you just have to look at these people and wonder. But, but there's a lot of people that think that Jesus was a good man, he was a good teacher and all of that. But you have to understand and you have to get it down that he is the Messiah. He is Christ. He is God, period got to have that down. That's called Christology, which is the study of Christ. And you've got to to have a church where Christ can build his church. You have got to get that one question correct. Peter got it correct. Jesus said in verse 17, Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. See, Peter didn't come up with that on his own. I know a lot of you out here, you believe that Jesus is God. I hope every one of you believes that. But what Christ is saying is here, you didn't come up with that on your own. God revealed that to you. And you still had a human responsibility in there. But He reveals it to a lot of people, but they, they reject Christ. They don't want to have anything to do with Him. So we must understand that He's more than just a prophet. He's the second person of the, of the, of the Trinity. He was fully man. And he was fully God. Not 50-50. He wasn't a Hercules or anything. He's fully God, fully man. Now look, he is the foundation to the church. The church is built on him. 1 Corinthians 3.11 says this, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. It all starts with him. Ephesians 2:20 says, "Having built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets." Now listen. Yes, they're built on the apostles' doctrine. That's what that's what we have here in the New Testament. Apostles' doctrine. They're the ones that wrote the New Testament, along with a few associates. But listen to this. It says that Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. This is what Jesus meant when he said in verse 18, On this rock I will build my church. It's not Peter that they're building the church on. This is the most controversial verse in the Bible. you got a whole Roman Catholic religion based on the fact that Peter was the first pope. It doesn't say that. I just read to you where it says, having built on the foundation of the apostles. It didn't say on the foundation of Peter. And so, it's very controversial. What it is, Christ builds his church on what Peter had to say. That you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Period. Now, disciples, they got it. They had it all right. They had it figured out. They've been with Jesus two and a half years. You've got about another six months, Jesus is going to be in Jerusalem, going to be crucified. He's going to rise from the dead, three days later, and then he's going to spend about 40 days here on Earth. And he's going to be ascended. Ten days later, the church is going to be born. Peter's going to preach his first sermon, and 3,000 people are going to be added. Do you know when Christ was here? There was probably less than 1,000 followers? We know there were 500 that saw him on a hill in Galilee, on a mountain in Galilee. And there were 120 in the upper room, but I suspect most of those were up there on that mountain in Galilee and saw him. So we don't know exactly how many it was, but probably less than 1,000 anyway. Peter goes out and preaches one sermon on the day of Pentecost, and 3,000 people are at Not only were they added, they baptized. 3,000 people. Can you imagine baptizing 3,000 people? That's how it all happened. That's how it came about. But the disciples had that Christology, right? They, they were all right on there. But they were wrong about the plan. Just like we were wrong about the plan. Yeah, we didn't have a plan. We didn't have a good plan. But they, the disciples, in their mind, they had a plan. And that plan is that Jesus would be a military political leader, that he would come in, he would defeat the Romans, he would take care of Herod, and that he would build his kingdom right then, on earth. It was going to happen right then and they were so excited about it. He would uh, dominate the world and he would make all of them wealthy and prosperous. Do we not hear that in our prosperity gospel today, everywhere we turn? Prosperity gospel. If you come to Christ, he'll make you healthy, wealthy and whatever else. John 15 Tells us this. Jesus had just finished feeding 5,000 men. Y'all know that story, right? You learned it in Sunday school when you were a kid. Well, if you got 5,000 men, how many women are you going to have around? About 5,000 women are going to be. If you got 5,000 women, how many children are you going to have? Probably about 15,000 children. He didn't feed 5,000, he fed 25,000. He fed them all, and when he got through, he got the disciples to go out there and pick up whatever was left over. Guess how many baskets they picked up? Anybody remember? Twelve. How many disciples were there? Not only, not only did he fix food, they, it says they were all filled, not only did he fix the exact amount that was needed. He knew exactly what they were going to eat, and there was nothing left when he got through. And you you maybe say, well, didn't Jesus get something to eat? I'm sure disciples probably shared with him. But that is an incredible thing. The next day they came back. They were ready for him for breakfast. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, You know, I'm going to preach to you for a while. And he called them to commitment. Not to come on Sunday morning, leave your money, and then come back next Sunday morning and live your life as you want to. He called them to commitment. And he probably said something like this. If you're going to come after me, you've got to deny yourself, pick up your cross daily, and follow me. That's the Christian walk. It's not coming here on Sunday and coming back next Sunday. It's out there sharing the gospel, it's out there working, it's out there being persecuted. It's all kinds of things that need to be done. It's not just showing up and having a good time in church on Sunday, although we do. Not just that. But he says this: feeds the 5,000, gives them a sermon. They all walk away. But after they fed him, Jesus said this. The Bible says, Jesus said this in scripture. It says, therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come, guess what they were going to do? They were going to come and take him by force, it says, to make him a king. And so he departed from them. The whole plan here with the disciples, they had their Christology right, but the problem was that they thought that Christ was bringing in the kingdom right then, and he wasn't. When Jesus went before Pilate, John 18, 36, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Jesus didn't come to set up a kingdom here on earth. He's coming back one day, and I guarantee you he's coming back, and he's going to set up a kingdom. But when he comes back, he's not coming back as a little babe. He's coming back with a sword in his mouth and fire in his eyes. It's going to be judgment time. But that wasn't the time. They had their Christology right, but they didn't have the plan right. This is what we must understand about the church. The church is not connected to the world. The church has no connection to the worldly systems. It has no connection to the human systems. It has no connection to any government. It is not tied to any kind of human political power. It's not tied to any kind of military power. It's not tied to any kind of economic power. The church has no connection to the world whatsoever. Jesus said in John 18, 36, If my kingdom was of the world, we would fight. But we don't fight. He didn't call us to do that. The church is an alien kingdom here on earth. Hebrews 13 says that we are strangers and pilgrims on this earth. John 15, 19, You are not of the world. I chose you out of the world. This is Jesus talking. Therefore, the world hates you. 1 Peter two eleven. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers, for our citizenship is in heaven. John 17, 16, that's the heavenly priestly prayer from our high priest. It's the real Lord's Prayer, John 17, where the disciples got to see Jesus talking to the heavenly Father. And his this was part of the prayer there. Verse 16, where he's praying for his disciples, he says, They are not of the world. Our message is not political. It is not military. We don't conquer nations. We don't conquer tribes of people. That's not what the church does. The church has no interest whatsoever in the world. We're not about social justice. We're not about critical race theory. Now listen to what I'm saying. Why didn't God, when we come to Christ, why didn't He just take us on to heaven right there? We've come to Him. Look, he, he God made you for one reason, so that He would have an object to love, and so that you would glorify Him for eternity. That's the only reason He made you. So why didn't He just take you on out when you become a Christian? Because you got some work to do you got work to do. You can't come here on Sunday morning and then leave and then come back next Sunday morning you haven't done anything. you got to go out and proclaim the gospel. That's what we're supposed to do. We're commanded to do this. We're to be witness for him in, in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost part of the world. You are here today because those apostles, those 11 plus Matthias plus Paul added a little bit later in due time, as Paul says, started right there and Christianity exploded and it's still exploding. Not in America, because we ain't doing the work. We're we're fat and happy. We're just love life. We got all these things. Life is good. We got the prosperity gospel going out there. We come to Jesus, everything's gonna be great. We're gonna be healthy, wealthy, wise, all that good stuff. It's not what he called us to do. I'm sorry you gotta do some work, but that's what he's called us to do, so let's get on with it, right? Amen? Do y'all do amens around here? Amen? Okay. Just want to make sure y'all are with me. I'm not sure I got all of you, but I got some of you. All true believers are citizens of another kingdom. If you are a true believer, you're not in this earthly kingdom. You are in a heavenly kingdom already. These two kingdoms, the earthly kingdom and the heavenly kingdom, they cannot merge You've got to pick one. You can't have a little of God's kingdom and a little bit of the world's kingdom. They don't merge. Pick one. Whichever one you are going to go, pick one or the other. I would recommend God's kingdom. But you can't merge them. You can't try to be part of both of them. I'm almost finished. Just hang with me just a moment more. Either you are of Christ or you are against Him. There's no middle ground. Matthew 12, 30. He that is not with me is against me. You can't sit on the fence. If you're saying, well, I just can't quite decide, then you have decided. You've got to decide whether you're going to be Christ or whether you're going to be part of the world. It's your choice. What are you going to do? When you see a church or a denomination abandon the gospel and turn to social issues, you'll see a false church. A false church is part of Satan's kingdom. Listen up, Faith Community Church. I'm talking a little bit hard to you here today because I'm not your pastor. So I can do it. Then you can say goodbye to me. But this is a church that Christ built. I didn't build it. Neither did any of those other six. Neither did Jamie and Kathy. They've been a big part of it. Neither did Cofield. Neither did Dane. None of us. This is Christ's church, period. And this is the church that Christ is going to continue building. You get your Christology. You make sure you got your Christology right. That Jesus is your Lord and your Savior. Know who He is. Stay in love with Him. I don't know how many of you remember Blossom Crumb. Blossom was awesome. She wrote in my band one day, I put in the righteous brothers. Righteous brothers, I've lost that love and feeling. Every time I'd see her, she'd say, Lee, don't lose your love and feeling. Don't lose that first love that you had for Christ. Y'all got some work to do. Love Christ. Keep loving Him. Share the gospel. This is the keys. This is how the church is built. Be a place where Christ can build the church. Stay faithful to the truth. I know y'all have heard the truth in this place. Ever since it was started. I know you have. So you know the truth. You have the truth in you. There's people out there that are lost. And you've got the truth. Go tell them about it. Go tell them what the truth is. If they get upset, they get upset. But my Lord, if they don't hear the truth, they're going to end up in a very bad place. You've got the truth. Get it out of you. Go share it. Be the light of the world. Stay faithful to the gospel. Just everywhere you go, be talking it. You can count on Christ. And Christ is counting on you. When someone comes through the door of Faith Community Church, let them see a church that's fighting for the truth. Most churches aren't. Let them see that, that you are fighting for the truth. When you come into a church that is fighting for the truth, then you will know that you are in a real, true, genuine church that Jesus Christ is building. Let's pray. Lord, we acknowledge that you are the only God that's out there. There is none like you. And boy, we put our hope and our faith and our trust in you and you alone. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. To learn more about Faith Community Church, you can find us online at FCCSOBO.org or on our Facebook page by searching Faith Community Church. As always, God loves you, we love you, and we hope you have a wonderful week.